These are the second set of readings for Rogation Tide. Rogation being those four historic days of agricultural celebration, now all but lost to our calendar, that fall on 25th of April, and then again in the three days preceding the Feast of the Ascension, which in 2023 fall on May 15th, 16th, and 17th. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, in his earthly life, shared our toil and hallowed our labor. Be present with your people where they work. Make those who carry on the industries and commerce of this land responsive to your will, and give us all a right satisfaction in what we do, and a just return for our labor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Dear people of God, our Lord who created and redeemed us is not distant from us. Coming among us, he shared in all the little and boring things of this life and infused every moment with the possibility of holiness. The passages we will read today remind us of the sacredness of our labor, the presence of God in our toil, and the true satisfaction that can be found in grounding our moments in his all-embracing love. Rogation days were historically agricultural in their scope and content, but liturgists of recent centuries, recognizing how many of us are disconnected from the rhythms and seasons of the earth, sought to expand their application by adding an alternate set of propers focused on hallowing our labors and offering our work to the Lord. They invite us to acknowledge his presence and seek his guidance in our daily tasks. They teach us that our labor is not merely a means of survival, but an opportunity to glorify God and participate in his redemptive work. May we remember that our true fulfillment comes from our faith in his finished work, not from the accumulation of material possessions or worldly successes. Let us find joy and contentment in knowing how deeply we are loved by God, and that our labor, when offered to him with thanksgiving, can be a testament to his grace and provision. Our first reading comes from the book of the wisdom of Jesus, son of Sirach, often called just Sirach. It doesn't appear in many Bibles because it is a later book of Jewish wisdom written in Greek um, a couple of centuries before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was so popular in the ancient church that it gained the nickname Ecclesiasticus, the churchy book, and we still read it today for wisdom and for edification, although not for the establishment of doctrine. Because it contains jewels like this passage, this passage which is a reflection of praise on the goodness of labor, on 
God's presence in our work and the value of a skilled craftsman in many fields. This is Ecclesiasticus chapter 38, verses 27 through 32. So it is with every artisan and master artisan who labors by night as well as by day. Those who cut the signet of seals, each is diligent in making a great variety. They set their heart on painting a lifelike image, and they are careful to finish their work. So it is with the smith sitting by the anvil intent on his ironwork. The breath of the fire melts his flesh, and he struggles with the heat of the furnace. The sound of the hammer deafens his ears, and his eyes are on the pattern of the object. He sets his heart on finishing his handiwork, and he is careful to complete its decoration. So it is with the potter sitting at the wheel, and turning the wheel with his feet, he is always deeply concerned over his products, and he produces them in quantity. He molds the clay with his arm, makes it pliable with his feet. He sets his heart on finishing the glazing. He takes care in firing the kiln. All these rely on their hands and are skillful in their work. Without them, no city can be inhabited, and wherever they live, they will not go hungry. They are not sought out for the counsel of the people, nor do they attain eminence in the public assembly. They do not sit in the judge's seat, nor do they understand the decisions of the courts. They cannot expound discipline or judgment and are not found among the rulers. But they maintain the fabric of the world, and their concern is for the exercise of their trade. Here ends the lesson. Our psalm is a portion of Psalm 107, Confitemini Domino, which ancient readers understood to be Christ the Word, healing us from the destruction of death. The psalm of praise for God, for his steadfast love and deliverance, it recounts how God rescues and satisfies those who cry out to him in distress. The psalmist acknowledges God's provision specifically mentioning those who are hungry and thirsty and satisfied when they called upon the Lord. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, and his mercy endures forever. Let those whom the Lord has redeemed give thanks, whom he has delivered from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They went astray in the wilderness, even in the desert, and found no city to dwell in. They were hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted within them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 
he led them forth by a straight path until they came to a city where they might dwell. Oh, that they would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness and declare the wonders that he does for the children of men. For he satisfies the empty soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Our second reading is a brief passage from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul likens himself to a master builder and talks about the enduring value of those things that we build on the foundation that is Christ. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. For the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading gives us a section of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus teaches about the proper disposition towards our earthly possessions and wealth. He warns us against storing up treasures on earth which can distract us from the love of God and of his service. And he emphasizes the need to prioritize heavenly treasures, as our heart will be where our treasure is. This is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our poem to accompany these readings comes from the 18th century African-American poet Phyllis Wheatley, a remarkable woman. Wheatley was a freed slave who was very highly educated, knowing Latin and Greek 
and writing poetry from an early age. She was one of the most influential poets of her time, and writes in the peculiar 18th century classicalizing style. This is her hymn to the morning. It is full of allusions to classical poetry and imaginations of divinity. Yet for all its flourishes, for all its invocations of the ancient deities, it ends abruptly aborted as the breaking of day is not just a wonder of new life, but also a call to labor. This is Phyllis Wheatley, Hymn to the Morning. Attend my lays, ye ever-honored nine. Assist my labors, and my strains refine. In smoothest numbers pour the notes along, for bright aurora now demands my soul. Aurora hail, and all the thousand dyes which deck thy progress through the vaulted skies. The morn awakes and wide extends her rays. On every leaf the gentle zephyr plays. Harmonious lays the feathered race resume. Dart the bright eye and shake the painted plume. Ye shady groves your verdant gloom display to shield your poet from the burning day. Calliope awake the sacred lyre while thy fair sisters fan the pleasing fire. The bowers, the gales, the variegated skies, in all their pleasures in my bosom rise. See in the east the illustrious king of day. His rising radiance drives the shades away, but oh, I feel his fervid beams too strong, and scarce begun concludes the abortive song. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sanctify our labor and walk alongside us in every moment of our toil. We humbly acknowledge the sacredness of our work, the significance of our vocations. Grant, O Lord, that those who engage in all manner of work may be responsive to your will, guided by your wisdom, and motivated by love for their fellow human beings. Help us as your people to find right satisfaction in what we do, knowing that our labor when offered to you can be a testament to your grace and provision. Keep our hearts aligned with your kingdom. We may not be distracted by the allure of earthly treasures, but rather focus on the building up of the heavenly treasures that have eternal worth. Through the power of Jesus Christ, who shared our toil and hallowed our labor, we offer this prayer confident that we are with you in every task we undertake. Amen. And this is a general thanksgiving from the 1979 Book of Common Prayer. Accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, for the wonder of life and for the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends, 
and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts, and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and the example of his life, for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again in which we are raised to the life of your kingdom. Grant us the gift of your Spirit, that we may know him and make him known, and through him at all times and in all places may give thanks to you in all things. Amen. Amen.